0: Like, but it does make me circle back to this idea like what does it mean to be human right like you asked mm-hmm. right like just even even a just recognize her as a human a human in need right like of of not just of not just getting her on the plane but you got to see it through yeah, but, yeah and whether out of obligation well whatever that is right that you're like no like i'm not my work here is not done and, and there's just something mm-hmm. like that feels like a bit of like there's the
1: beginning of the answer mm-hmm. to
0: that question mm-hmm.
1: actually Welcome to hallway conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture. And we believe in the value of reflection and collaboration as we seek to keep growing as teachers. This podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, friends. Dave here on behalf of the Hallway Crew. Uh, It's been a busy, busy, busy couple of weeks since our last recording uh, when we were at CEA and recorded a live episode. Uh, A couple of us have had other travels for a variety of reasons, and some of us are just up to their eyebrows in all of the extra work of this semester. So we have not been able to sit down together to record an episode with the three of us in the same room. Uh, But I still wanted to put something new out in the feed here. So what we have for you here, I'm calling this Stories of Thanksgiving and Encouragement. Uh, One of those is a piece that we snipped out of our conversation Conversation with Lynn Swanner a couple weeks ago that I think is a really great story of encouragement that I hope puts it in front of you. I've also got two short things that I wrote on my now defunct blog um, and I'm going to share those ones with you too so I'll record those ones and read them aloud. Uh, we hope that these are all words of encouragement for you and for the Americans who are listening in uh, hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving and that this uh, also prompts all of us to Yeah, I'll just think through a little bit of things that we can and should be thankful for. Even though the work of teaching is demanding, it's good work, and we have much to give thanks for. So I'm going to play a little more music here, and then we'll dive into some stories of Thanksgiving and encouragement. This piece is called Keep Your Eye on the Donut. At my church, we have a Thanksgiving Eve service each year. It's usually a fairly intimate affair. A time for our church body to gather and reflect on the goodness of our God and collectively give thanks. The time I wrote this piece, we were without a pastor, and so the night of Thanksgiving Eve, one of our elders shared a Thanksgiving reflection. She began with an object lesson for the children, which, of course, means it was an important lesson for all the grown-ups in the room as well. She walked up on stage with a paper bag in her hand, carefully unfolded it, and took out a donut, which she held up for all the kids to see both the littler ones who were sitting up on stage with her and us bigger kids still in seats. I was hungry. I hadn't yet had supper for this evening service, and the donut looked delicious to me. And honestly, who wouldn't be thankful to be given a donut when they're hungry? But there's something missing with the donut. There's a hole cut out of the center. Not that it matters, of course. That's part of the joy of the donut. We expect donuts to have a hole in the middle. Honestly, it's a little odd for a donut not to have a hole in it. It hardly seems like a donut, then, right? We don't focus on the whole when we're enjoying the donut. And so, my elder friend taught their kids, and the rest of us too, a rhyme about donuts. As you travel through life, let this be your goal keep your eye on the donut and not on the whole. A simple lesson, perfect for the kids, even us big kids out in the seats. And how often, in light of the good gifts that we have in hand, do we focus on what's missing? the hole in our donut. Are you thankful for what you do have, or do you focus on what you don't have? I think from here on out, every time I see a donut, I'm going to be reminded to pause and give thanks. Up next, a lovely little outtake from our previous conversation with our friend Lynn Swanner. Um, You'll hear Lynn tell a really encouraging story about how she sees the humanity in other people, and then you'll just notice a few other reflections that we have all together around that topic. I hope you enjoy this one.
2: It's really interesting that a lot of um, organizations put their conferences for educators for teachers and for leaders in the fall. Mm. So I'm just really singularly focused on, I think I'm at like five or six different places in the U S and Canada. So I'm traveling every week through November actually might be seven. So, um, I'm just really focused on what is the audience? What is it that would be encouraging to them? What do they need to hear? And I never like to give, even though it's the same research, That I'm yeah. drawing upon, I want to get the same yeah. right. spiel oh. every place. So really thinking and praying through that. So that's got my okay. full attention yeah. mm-hmm. through Fair through enough. the fall.
1: As, as I think it
2: should. Yeah. It should. I mean, yeah. I think I feel like that's what um, the people that I'm blessed to engage with, I yeah. think that's the lead, you know, mm-hmm. not even the lead. I, that's just how I can serve them. Yeah.
0: Right. You, do you enjoy like the the travel and then the speak like is that life giving I mean, it is yeah. you're putting yourself out there in front of 500 a thousand thousands yeah. of people like it, just
2: it is exhausting. so so I am an extroverts extrovert, extrovert okay. and I'm tired of apologizing for that good
1: for you so <laughs> so um, <laughs>
2: A person who gets yeah. really energized and and jazzed and for sure when i go home i'll need to crash for a day yeah. and oh, yeah. and rest i mean that's or just get you know start eating healthily and
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. get a run in or whatever yeah, totally. um, i ran yesterday because i was like I'm, I'm gonna have to do that uh, yeah. before i come here um but i sound like i'm a really competitive runner but i'm, yeah. not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not i used to be I'm, are you
0: but are you competitive not are you a competitive a, no. person
2: not really. I hope we all win. That's that famous quote, right? Flourishing
0: together. Hey. I
2: hope we all win.
0: But I'll crawl over you to get to the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: No, well, yeah, you won't. Yeah. You would be yeah. you would be the one picking me yeah. sure, off. Come,
0: sure. Come on. Interesting. We often refer to Abby as an extrovert's extrovert.
2: Like that's okay. quite the opposite. <laughs> that's the opposite of true. No. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, awesome. I have Aww. found that, in it's oftentimes when I'm most exhausted that that God yeah. shows shows up. So, just yeah. a really quick story. Mm-hmm. Um, I was flying back from a conference out in Minnesota this week, and I'm sitting in the airport. And, and I don't know if I just have that, that face, if I look approachable, but this woman comes up to me who clearly does not speak English. And she's, she's trying to work with Google Translate to oh, figure out if, in fact, this is, this is the, the gate to sure. Philadelphia. And I'm convincing her, but she's, she's very you know, very worried. She, she can't even read like, um, the English alphabet or the numbers, so I can't even, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm essentially like, stay with me. So I had her board with me. I put her on the plane. Um, and then I noticed right across from where I was sitting, there was uh, a, another mom from my kid's school. Hmm. So I spend, the, my, this is after I've been in a conference, right? So wow. I spend the whole ride talking with this mom. We catch up. It's great. It's a two-hour flight home from Minneapolis. It was wonderful. I get off the plane, and I'm, I've got to see this through, right? Yeah. So, so this lady, so I say goodbye to my friend, and, and this lady, I had, it was an hour and a half to get her wow. her luggage, oh. her family. At one point, wow. I'm on the phone with her son and the person picking them up, neither of whom really speak English either. So, try, But I'm like, I have to yeah. see it through. And so this is where it's like just being open. Yeah. Right? It Even in where I'm most tired, sometimes yeah. God presents these, wow. these opportunities. So I went home, and that was just like the perfect bow on yeah. it to be able to say, yeah. I mean, I'm imagining she would have found where she needed to go, but... To know that. Yeah, at one point I told her son, "Tell her, tell her my name is Lynn and I'm going to help her." And so he put her mother and he and he tells her, and she looks up and she goes, "Lynn." Lynn. Oh, my, you're going to make me know so I'm going like, I was like, just the recognition uh, in another human yeah. being, like this person's yeah. going to, and the whole time I'm thinking as a New Yorker, yeah. I can't believe she's trusting me. Mm-hmm. I would never <laughs> trust, her. I'm a New Yorker, I'm no. like, there's no way I would yeah. trust this random lady, but I guess yeah. I just, you know, but that it, was but, a blessing. But it does make you okay,
0: like, but it does make you circle back to this idea, like, what does it mean to be human, right? Like, you asked, mm-hmm. right? Like, just even, even A, just recognize her as a human, a human in need, right? Like, of... Of not just of not just getting her on the plane, but you got to see it through. Yeah, but yeah. And whether out of obligation, well, whatever that is, right? That you're like, no, like, I'm not. My work here is not done. And and there's just something mm-hmm. like that feels like a bit of like there's the beginning of the answer mm-hmm. to that question. Yeah. Actually, right? Yeah. It's just like seeing, like seeing, like seeing people, like, seeing people, like literally right. seeing yeah, them yeah, and right. saying, what do you need, yeah. or even just. The presence of mind to say to her son like tell her my name my yeah, name. yeah.
2: Like, it's it, such a beautiful line yeah it's interesting because this one when i was mentioning jesus as a question that book the the chapter that i love the most is when jesus says you know the woman who's who's wiping his who's crying and wiping his feet yeah. he turns to the disciples and said do you see this woman yeah and like nobody's looking at mm-hmm. anything else that's yeah. exactly how could you not see what's yeah. going on it's a yeah. scandalous mm-hmm. but he's really the way that the author impacts it is he's really saying, do you see her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you see her humanity? Do wow. you see what she's doing? And yeah. it, it's such a powerful story that he literally says everywhere yeah. that this gospel is told, the story will be told yeah. to her. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, do we see exactly your point? Mm-hmm. Do we see, I, I would say yeah. the humanity, but really the image of God yeah. in, in right. each of us. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. We talked about this in ed three, in the philosophy of education class. We talked about this, that one of the, one of the highest callings of being a teacher is paying attention mm-hmm. yeah. paying attention Absolutely. paying attention to even things like haircuts and new shoes paying attention to empty lunch boxes paying attention to red eyes paying attention to even like yeah whatever kids need right walking wh- walking to school by themselves or walking home and seeing that right and and not her like seeing like do you see this child like do you mm-hmm. really? See them, and so just as, you, as you're thinking about that, I just think it's like, boy, if you, you, you want to be able to give teachers a lot of gifts, and there's a lot of gifts you need to be a good teacher. But I just think, as you're telling your story, it's like, man, when you pay attention, like we talked, like I said in class, I said, for some students, your classroom will be the safest six or seven hours of the day. And I said that to these students. Said, That's not hyperbole. Like, it will be the same. Like, pay attention.
2: Well, I think Abby's question about, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up the question, but with something around how do we structure our environment or what can, mm-hmm. what can we actually do? You know, we talk in the book about uh, gardening,
1: yeah. you know, and yeah. being a,
2: guard, a careful, thoughtful gardener. Yeah. And and the thing is, if you're, uh, I think about the book The Martian. Yeah. You saw um, that oh yeah. with Matt Damon, yeah. yeah. right? Like, yeah. he's waiting forever and ever and ever, yeah. and then he's like, this little thing pops up, and he's like, yes. "Well, hello, right?" Yeah. <laughs> um, and and the the rush the rush and the pressure of to get everything done oftentimes not only will we not be looking but we might trample it Mm. and crush it under underneath so i think we talk in the book about a a child who asks a tentative question and if we're busy we can just kind of blow it off instead of realizing this is Mm -hmm. actually the child taking a step forward some agency that kind of thing and and so, how do we increase our attentiveness, but also create environments that equip teachers to be able to do that, where they're not rushed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to put it just yeah. on the teacher; it's also on yeah, what the structural. environment yeah. exactly. Yeah, the very first, i think it was the first or second year—I was a high school teacher. I was in a parent-teacher conference with a mom, and I referenced one of her son's friendships, and she was shocked that I knew her yeah. who, who her son's yeah. friends were. Yeah. Right, and that's—I think a bad sign. Yeah. <laughs> for right? that that oh she goodness, was surprised. Yes. Yeah. Right? That I knew that as a yeah. teacher. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It,
0: as you were talking about that, it, it also just makes me our friend Justin Bailey is doing a bit of writing or talking around this idea of safe space but also brave space, mm-hmm. right? And this idea like to create space where students are brave enough to ask you a question, to make themselves vulnerable, mm-hmm. vulnerable to answer a question to to take a risk whatever that whatever that looks like right so you need it to be safe but how do you like i also often think about what does brave space look like right what does courage look like to come to your how do you how do you empower kids to be Mm -hmm. courageous actually and peculiar to use that word even so
2: yeah this is kind Mm -hmm. of an old concept but when i was doing my doctor work back in the dark ages. I graduated in 2003, which is probably before somewhere you were born. But, <laughs> yeah. um, Thank you for
0: thinking
2: that.
0: I was alive and well in 2003. One of us around this table, maybe.
2: <laughs> but uh, my dissertation sponsor was actually a developmental psychologist, and we talked a lot around balancing challenge and support. So it's kind of mm-hmm. the idea of, of yeah. scaffolding, right? Yeah. You know, if you want kids to grow, and again, this is all old language, but you know, if we want kids to be brave, to be courageous, we have to, to match that desire with an equal level of support. And when those yeah. things are out of yeah. out mm-hmm. of whack, yeah. you get either kids are not challenged enough yeah. and, or, and or they're not supported enough. Yeah. And what, right. is that, yeah. what does that yeah. look like? So yeah. it's an older concept, comes from development, developmental psychology, but I still think it's useful yeah. to think about uh, when we're building learning yeah. spaces. Absolutely. Oh, no, for sure.
1: Finally, for this episode, one more story, again, an old piece off of my blog, and this one is called A Case of the Blahs and Teaching Anyway. By nature, I'm a pretty upbeat person. I can usually look on the bright side, find something lovely to celebrate, and bring some joy to pretty much any situation. Positivity is one of my superpowers, you might say. But today, today I have a case of the blahs. Nothing is terrible. But I'm just feeling that sense of tired irritability where small things bug me and nip at me and consume far more of my cognitive space than I might like to admit. I headed into my noon class today and in those last couple of minutes just before we began the lesson I decided to change up my plan. The future teachers I serve are amazing people and I'm so grateful for the opportunities I have on a daily basis to help them see the varied aspects of the work we do as educators. And today Today that meant a little meta-lesson about the emotional labor that is assumed for teachers. I started by just naming it. Folks, I'm feeling uncharacteristically blah today. A few of them seemed surprised, but most kind of nodded. I mean, I am a pretty bouncy presence most of the time, and I simply wasn't at the beginning of class. I explained how this is part of the work we do as teachers. We often have to check our own emotions, suck it up, just go teach anyway. This probably wasn't earth-shattering news to anyone in the room, but I thought it could be illuminating for them to notice this and see if they could tell a difference in the way class unfolded. In another course, I have a lesson I teach about the difference between acting like a teacher and being a teacher, and today's class meeting was an example in practice of what acting like a teacher might look like. So after this odd preamble, I headed into the lesson as planned. We spent some time in discussion about a chapter, and I asked them to read in preparation, and they had lots of thoughtful reflections and deliberate questions as they normally do. Then a very brief lecture by me, followed by a series of activities and demonstrations. They all participated well, interacted well, and shared their thinking well. And you know what? By the end of our class meeting, I realized I wasn't acting like a teacher anymore. Somehow starting off with that acting morphed back into my more normal embodiment of my own teaching practice. And honestly, the playfulness of the activities I'd planned to do with the students and seeing their joyful discovery buoyed my spirits in a way I wasn't expecting. Somewhere in one of his writings, Master Educator Parker Palmer says something along the lines of, Technique is what you use until the teacher shows up. Maybe this is the lesson for me that I needed to be reminded of, and even practice. And my hope is, for the future teachers I serve and maybe even for you, we got to model some sense of this. Friends, thanks as always for listening in. Grace and peace be to you, and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. This podcast was literally dreamed up during one of our actual hallway conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is created and produced by Matt Beemers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Hey, we have a favor to ask of you. Would you be willing to rate this podcast or write a review in your podcast app? Or if you found this conversation interesting or helpful, would you consider sharing it on your social media? Those things really do help podcasters out, and we would be so, so grateful. Thanks for listening, friends.
2: Thanks,
1: friend. Did you get enough B-roll? Oh, man. It's a B-roll. Okay. So That's, a that other That's a whole other podcast.